did I just spend more time doing a TikTok for this episode than actually preparing for this episode? You're damn right I did. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Scattered. to Scattered the Podcast. I am your host Katie Gallagher and today I'm having the fabulous Gráinne Fahey on for a chat. I'm going to tell you more about Gráinne in a second but first how have you been? How is life? I um, uh, took a week off there. Not that anyone really cared. I know that. Um, It's only episode four. I need to calm down. I made such a big deal about it. I got very worried about having to stop for a week. I rang my mom. I was like mom what will I do? And she was like Katie cop on and I can't say I've taken that advice but I have tried to take that advice anyway yes I took a week off because I did do an episode for last week and to be honest it just wasn't something I was happy to put my my name on Um, yes all the points that I make were valid in it but to be honest we have enough negativity in the world ranting and raving is not something that the world probably needs right now. It's not something I'd personally need um, at the moment to be in that headspace. But the topics that I discussed in the last episode that I scrapped, I will be talking about them with Gráinne today. So you will get to hear what I was saying, but hopefully in a more positive spin on things as well. I started uh, running again. I had someone ask, I can't remember who, someone asked about getting active during lockdown because I forget that for everyone else it's lockdown number two and level five or whatever um but if you like running or if you like the idea of getting out and doing something and you'd want to try out the running I know last time we had the 5k challenge or whatever I did had this fabulous app um called zombies run um it's not sponsored unfortunately I wish it was but it, it's not I just love the app and it was recommended to me by a fabulous uh, teacher Ella and hello Ella if you're listening and uh, thank you for your recommendation and it's a really good game because it's putting you in a kind of there's audio on the app and it goes over your own music and you're kind of put into a scene as in something like the walking dead like you you have to go and save people and you have to run and there are zombies in it and the zombies when they come closer you have to sprint faster and you have to go 20% faster than what you have been running or whatever and um, it comes up in your ears and it sounds like the zombies are right on top of you and I know it probably sounds very childish for some of you but for me personally I find it very interesting and more stimulating to be in a situation of a story or something like that so that was really helpful that app is really good um and also what I'm using now because I have I think I have shin splits I don't know what's wrong with my legs my legs will go so far in running and then it will just they'll start spasming or something I don't know what it is now that could just be because I'm not fit but I would like to think of myself as fit um 
But another one that I've been doing now because it's been so long since I've been running properly is the Zombies Run 5k trainer, which is really good as well. And it actually trains you. It says, right, you're going to do 10 minutes of walking, 15 minutes sprints, one minute walk, 15 minute sprints, one minute or 15 seconds, whatever, etc, etc. So if you're someone who wants to start running and who has a bit of a difficulty with getting started or you're bored or you don't know if you're doing the right thing, there are two apps that are really helpful, I think. And nothing beats the power of a run. Like I know not today yesterday was definitely a day full of panic and full of um anxiety for no reason I just woke up that way and that was it I and that's just the way things are for some people you know when they wake up and they can't explain it um for me personally the only thing that will fix it is going out for a run or feeling productive so I try my best to do things but anyway that are that are they are a few little things that I did that might help you so let me know if you use zombies run and um let me know how you're getting on uh protecting the town of Abel but anyway enough about that let's talk about our guest today our guest today is Grania Fahi who is a musician from Mayo and we met when we both were starting out in similar circles and to say that we learned a lot in that year in that same circle I think is an understatement we went through an awful lot we learned a lot we had a lot of tough times and um, we had a lot of sexism we met a lot of sexism in the music industry in that year but I feel like we got through it together and we became much closer because of it. She has been a constant support for me and I would like to hope I am a support for her. She is an amazing, amazing woman and I am in total awe of Grania every single day. She has been writing and recording music professionally for the last six years. She has, but always has been writing and playing music. She has an interest in music therapy. She also plays a lot of video games. She does um, modeling, acting, and she's an all-around amazing person. And she also does graphic designing because she, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard the name before, she is Grainy Graphics, as in the woman who has drawn the cover art for this podcast and any of you who follow me on my musical journey, the artwork that I use for Katie G Music. Grania was diagnosed with endometriosis and Crohn's disease and she is a huge awareness activist for these diseases and I'm really delighted that she was kind enough to speak about it today on today's episode because I think it's a very important conversation to talk about you might have heard of endometriosis before you might not have um Tati Westbrook is one one other famous advocate who has spoken out about it Gronio does her very best in everything she does to draw education to these things and she has gone through an awful lot of shit um with it and I'm so proud of her and how she is consistently a lady she never lets the toughness of her diagnosis get her down she's now an SNA as well in primary school SNA and I'm so proud of her because and I don't mean that in a condescending way but we both started off we were very very young I was obviously older than her but I feel like she is just everything that I wish I was she is so strong so funny so amazing I'm really blowing smoke up your arse now um Grania and I am sorry but I just am so in awe of you and your strength and your positive outlook on life and 
your ability to make people laugh even as you're telling some very um difficult stories of your own personal life so thank you so much for sharing your story with us today um i would also just like to say for any of you who feel like you want to learn more about endometriosis you can Grania has offered as you'll hear in this episode you can message her directly as other people have done before you can also go on to endometriosis ireland uh, for more information also an important thing to note is if you are experiencing any symptoms you pl- go to a GP we are not medical professionals we are just speaking about Gronia's experience so please do not take what we're saying with gospel as we say on the episode as well it's a very important conversation to have Gronia has been very brave to share her story and I think it's very important that everyone especially females listen to it ladies and gentlemen without further ado the amazing the wonderful the smart the strong the brilliant the supportive Miss Gronia Fahey You're very welcome to Scattered, the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm just vibing, man. Just vibing, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for, having, for finding time for me because um, as we are in lockdown too, I know you're flat out busy and... 2.0. Grania, you are a musician, a model, an actress. You're the whole shebang. You're a graphic designer. You were a streamer for as well for a while. How do you do it all? I don't. <laughs> I've stopped. I'm not doing I, it anymore. I'm cancelled. <laughs> You're definitely not cancelled. Jesus Christ, I've watched enough YouTube to know it cancelled not good. Um, why music, Ronya? What was it? When did you start? When did like the moment you knew music is my thing? So I was 10 years old and I had like an inferiority complex. I just saw a bunch of people around me being like, oh, um, I'm learning violin. I'm learning concertina and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. And then, um, there was an old guitar in the house and I just brought it to my dad and I was like, teach me. And he, he taught me a few chords and I was like, yeah, this is a good hobby. And then I just kept doing it because I had no friends and I just played guitar all the time. And then I just started learning Muse songs and then I just started learning Albert Hammond songs and Don McLean songs and all mm-hmm. random. And then I was just like, yeah, I, I would just do this for a while. And that's class though. Like, I know that's probably like, I never, I try never to ask that question, but I always end up asking it because it is the most asked question for musicians. Like, oh, when did you start? But like, it is good to know sometimes. Um, what, the, what I was going to say, and I've said it in the introduction as well, is that we start, well, I started off in the same circle. I know you had been doing it for a while outside before we, our circles crossed, if that makes sense. Venn <laughs> diagram. And I was saying in the introduction, it probably wasn't the best year of our lives. No, not by a long shot. <laughs> but we learned lots. And now, I, and I said this again in the introduction as well, this was what I was trying to talk about last week with the episode that I had scrapped, but it became very, how do I put it? Um, 
the conversation afterwards just made put a little cloud over my head so I know it's easier probably to talk to somebody else about it as well someone that has to, has dealt with the whole industry as a woman um and I can yeah. hear the anti-feminists going oh shut up um <laughs> but obviously we're not going to name names or anything like that and obviously we'd hope yeah. to be able to talk about the positives that we learned from this experience of sexism talk about that there you go have fun Oh God! <laughs> How long do you got? Start? Yeah, well, that's it. Like, where does one start? Because obviously, it is so. Um, we would like to say before off the bat, men experience some prejudices as well. Absolutely, that we know that. But we're just because we are two females, we are going to discuss the female situation. So that's yeah. we're not saying men don't have it hard either. Okay, but we're talking about women here. Go on, yeah. Bronya, your best story um, now. I was thinking. I listed, I listed off mine before we came on. Oh God, I should have made a list. Oh no, I'm so underprepared. I didn't study for this. I'm sorry, Miss Gallagher. It's okay, it's um, okay. <laughs> That's literally, sorry, PTSD of my actual classes. Like guys, we have a test today. <laughs> Not studying. Um, I was, uh, the first thing that comes to my head now, if this wants to kick you off, do you ever experience any of the um, awkward, quick packing up and running out the door as quick as possible after the gig is done? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're me. It, I think, I but you see, I think that's females though. This is what we have to deal with. Go on, continue before I. Oh, no, it's just, I did a lot of pub gigs for summer, and the amount of times like lads would come up with a pint, leave it next to you, and you just you don't want to be rude and say I'm not drinking that. Like you, the amount of times it's happened, and when someone asks me a drink, I'm like the only thing I'm going to drink is water. But honestly, mm-hmm. like unless I can physically see that the barman brings mm-hmm. it to me. I'm not going to drink it yeah because it's just and you know like especially when it's a very intoxicated person that's offering you the drinks yes it's just usually I'm a little bit more like because I'm like it doesn't matter what's in the drink because as soon as I'm finished the set I'm going straight into my dad's car my dad is going to be at the door yes so it it literally doesn't matter um and it's also that the people that I work with in pubs and venues they'd be so good they'd be so protective of me that's brilliant that they're protective except for one particular place again not naming names um I have nothing but respect for every venue I've Mm -hmm. worked for because a lot of them even if they couldn't fully protect me they definitely tried their best okay um so like one venue was just I, I completely understand it was just it's a very hard to control venue and oh the amount of times like lads come up to you um mm-hmm. make disgusting gestures mm-hmm. scream things at you get up in your face try yeah. to pull you try to all kinds of things and like the only the, the security would at this particular venue would literally do nothing until this is what i was i was talking yeah. about this in the other episode as well and yeah. i was i'm in the same position as you i don't want to cut you off there but i was in the same no, position where um I was said to this, I actually halfway through my gig, a stag was in. And again, we know that males have this too. I never yet to hear of an Nathan Carter gig that doesn't have someone throw knickers at the bore man, which is disgusting. But um, I was, I went up to the bar man. And I was like, look, would you mind just telling them back off a little bit? And um, they were like, oh, sure. Take it as a compliment. Take that as a compliment. Like that. Appalling. It is. But it's, that's, I'm glad that um, you've, and I'd be the same now in, with my gigs in Centre Parks when they were going on, that they've really protected you. So it's really nice and fair play to the venues that do mind their musicians and make sure that they're safe. The idea of being a diva. Do you ever get oh. that one? 
the thing about me is that I was so scared of being called a diva. I would be so passive to the point Same. where I would just let people kind of step over me. Um, so, I, yeah, I didn't get called a diva that often, but that was mostly because I was always too scared to speak up for myself. Mm-hmm. And the only time I think I was kind of perceived as a diva was when I was at a particular venue doing gigs and I kept being harassed and security were doing nothing. So yeah. I went to the person in charge of this particular venue and just like, look, this is none. Like, you can't expect me to be my own bodyguard. At the time, I was only 19. I was barely even allowed to drink, let alone mm-hmm. be in a venue like this. And um, I was like, there's grown men, six foot, and there'd be crowds of them, like, attacking me. And I'd be relying on other women who happen to be yes. in the vicinity to come to my defense. Yeah. And one time, this totally grown lad charged at me, and there was almost nobody there. And I was like... I'm dead. I'm going to die here. <laughs> like, as in an aggressive way or in like a, I don't a really promiscuous way? I just haven't a clue because Ew. thankfully someone grabbed him by the collar Ew. and just pulled him out before That's... like I could even process what was going on. Jesus, that wasn't even a security or anything. It was just some woman that happened to be there and just went into full like, I need to protect my fellow lady kind of a thing yeah. that's so nice I was the same one of the days one of the nights I actually got followed into the bat into a bathroom and oh um, yeah but it was so ha- lucky at the time because there was a woman at the time in the so this man had literally come into the girl's bathroom and I was kind of looking at him and I was like what are you doing and then the woman came out of her cubicle and he was like oh sorry I'm just drunk and went into the went again and I never saw him again after that but like there are those moments and if you do see and I think the learning from this is if you do see someone whether female or male who is getting unwanted attention is obviously uncomfortable either stand in yourself or get the help to actually stand in and help I think is yeah like I want to particularly shout out this one group of lads that were at um, a gig I was doing where there was a bunch of lads harassing me the entire mm-hmm. night and so this group of lads they kind of crowded around the, the stage mm-hmm. they weren't oh, harassing me they, they were just there kind of keeping an eye on it like and they, were kind of look. They, were, they were literally like my bouncers and the thing is they didn't have to do that they were there on a night out they, yeah. were, they should have been enjoying themselves yeah but they chose to kind of sit near the stage and kind of keep an eye on anyone coming near you really it's just the best and the worst of people on gigs like that yeah 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 no it's i like that was like the safest i ever felt at a gig and i've also it gave me a lot of faith in humanity because i was like geez they're when you leave gigs like that you're like men are trash <laughs> you're like i hate this yeah and you don't want to leave with that like kind of idea but yeah. you just and then when you see like really good lads like that sticking yeah. up for you have you ever seen um have you ever no obviously we're talking about the weird encounters from gigs with men but have you ever seen any weird encounters or experienced any weird encounters where women have been on not nice um we're sneaky buggers though we do like women would do it under the radar yeah that's the thing like um a lot of the times it'd be more so like they kind of come up onto the little stage or they kind of go up to you and say like i want to sing a song and and it's just like that's that happens way more in women than it does in men usually men if you say can I sing a song and you're like well actually I'm not really allowed to let you do that mm-hmm. that's usually my excuse I'm mm-hmm. like yeah my boss says like I can't let you do it but usually I just say no because you set them off once and they're just gonna be there yeah you're dead right life. you're dead right <laughs> Gigan is weird for a woman and I would love to actually in later episodes get a man's perspective on gigs because I know when it comes to men they definitely will be more susceptible to um, abuse hurled at them from the bar, like you're shy, you know, type of way. I've never had that oh, happen. Yeah. And you've never no, had yeah. that, I think. And just to reiterate here, 
because we are talking about um, bad times, that does not make myself or Grania a bad musician, okay? Because <laughs> you know what I mean? The minute you talk well, about things that have happened yourself, to you, like, the minute you say something happened at a gig, they're like, oh, you obviously weren't great then, so were you? you obviously weren't good. You know what I mean? And you're just yeah. like, oh, well, actually, I was okay. That little four-year-old was dancing, and that means a lot to me. Yeah, nothing feels better than when you're at a gig and you see someone tear up and you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I made it. Or when you play like something like really cheesy, when you play like a, a cheesy cover of like, um, my one is living the Vida Loca or it's raining men. I don't know what it is about um, the Backstreet Boys that makes ever mm. like the really hardy mm. men that you think would not break for anything. And they're like, you are my pie. And I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> this is what we're going to do is American Pie. Oh yes, what a tune! You have such good, you use such good tunes. I must actually steal your gig list when we go back. To you can take it because I'm not gigging ever again. <laughs> I'm never doing it again. But like no, I hate experiences it. like that though. Do you do hate them? Like pub gigs are a different game. Have you you done gigs though with original stuff? And we were on a few gigs together with original stuff. How do you find they could compare when you're singing your own songs? To Which be are honest, amazing, by the way. Ah, uh, thanks, but. Uh, I like doing gigs of my own songs when it's like, I feel like it's been asked for, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm, like someone mm -hmm. says, can you come here and sing your original tunes? And you know that the people are, that are there are mm -hmm. looking to hear original music. But mm -hmm. when you go into a venue, let's say you're doing a pub gig or like a club gig and you throw an original in, sometimes someone comes up and says like, hey, you're a good singer. I'd like to hear some of the songs you've written yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's so nice. And I always see them like looking at their phone, trying to look up, you know, Spotify and stuff like that. Oh, that's so sweet. And go on. that just makes my heart so warm. But yeah. sometimes when you do an original song, you can, you, you, I just choose not to unless I'm asked with pub gigs mm -hmm. because and I've the tried exact same times and they just, you see the heads going, what is this? I never heard this before. And sometimes you hear like, oh, this is good. I've, I've never heard this before. And sometimes it's like, what, what's this? This isn't. Yeah. This isn't what I used to. You know? Yeah, a little trick for musicians out there that I'm sure Grania employs as well is you don't tell them it's your original until it's yeah. over. <laughs> and yes. then wait to see the what they say. Yeah, read the room. And then you're like, mm, okay, that was by um, Shania Twain. <laughs> All her fault. Don't judge me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I do feel that. And I miss the original gigs so much as well, because obviously the pub gigs are the ones that pay, but the original gigs are the better ones. Because when you're in a room full of people who know they're going to get original songs and will listen, I think yeah. is the big thing. Because I don't know about you, but my throat is very sore after trying to sing over people. Even though you have the mic, you're still trying to sing over people at pub gigs. And it's quite yeah. demoralizing sometimes. We will go to the triggering part of the conversation. A lovely podcast went out last weekend about a, with the, am I right in saying, I think you listened to it more than I did, about the, uh, there was two men interviewers and one interviewee who was also a male. This male, he came out saying that, uh, firstly, women, you had to be kind of sensitive around them because they're period, you know what I mean? God help us, poor women. Um, and then, as well, that we couldn't understand syncopation and that we couldn't understand the basic chord progressions. And he came after Soleil as well, which was very upsetting because as if any of you know Soleil, she's a great musician. Thoughts, Grania? No, I've just, at first I was fuming. Yeah. And now I just, it was like, it's a giant meme. Like, it's just so, mm -hmm. like, the fact someone could be so stupid is mm -hmm. just hilarious to me. And I remember when I was really angry, I was talking to my boyfriend about it and he was just like, 
no, this guy's, he's like, there's no way this guy is like one of a thousand people that think this way. He's got to be like some kind of, I don't know the Outlier. word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like hopefully anyway, mm-hmm. it's like, he was like, I just, he, first he was like, I don't really know why we're giving him so much attention. He doesn't deserve it. Yes. Like he doesn't deserve his name in anyone's mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very, very true of him to say. But it's just become such a big meme. Like, yeah. I, just, I just do anything wrong now with music. I'm just like, ah, oh, damn, my period must be coming now. Yeah. I just wish not to get, I know my students listen to this, but it's just to cover your ears this next bit. I'm so fed up of this whole period thing being uh, a reason to go against women. Do you know what I mean? I'm so fed up of it because it's not that big of a deal. Half the population have it, like get on with it. Do you know what I mean? To be honest, I was the exact same as yourself. I was fuming about it. And then afterwards I was kind of like, well, isn't it nice actually to go and look at Twitter and see the amount of people who are like, this is so yeah. stupid. You should I haven't have heard people. one person who agreed with him. So. Yeah, well, like we were talking about, we had the private chats about it as well, that unfortunately, if a woman said that, something like that about men, yeah game over you will never be booked again for a thing you will be known as the mouthy gobby one um, mm. i would believe and the diva we'd bring that back to the diva but what can you do that's life your best moment as a female musician or as a musician full stop because the female should have nothing to do with it oh my is this going to have a follow-up at like biggest disappointments as well no oh i was talking about our much. disappointments we've talked about them <laughs> Our disappointment was our first full year in the music industry. We don't need to talk uh, about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I don't get to bring up the air ad? Great. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. Go on, your biggest achievement or your happiest moment. Okay. Um, gosh, I don't even know how to answer that. I've been thinking about it. I know, I'm to sorry. To be honest, <laughs> no, I've genuinely been thinking about this since you wanted to do the interview with me. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I think it's just like, to be honest, I think the proudest thing I'm of is Dead Meat. Yes, that song. I love that. And it was his birthday. It was. It was, it was that song's little birthday on the 24th. And uh, it was so good because the song about, um, you know, like a bunch of horror games and horror mm-hmm. films I like, mainly about the game Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like, I just got like the big Halloween vibes and I just decided I'd write a little song about it, especially because me and my boyfriend, we always watch um, Friday 13 films like all the time because we think they're so stupid, but so good. Oh, <laughs> um, traditions. Love I know. <laughs> You've been going out for a long time, haven't you? Yeah, our, we celebrate our four-year anniversary in August. God, how do you do four years? Jeannie because Mac. we're both the same level of gobshite. Oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> like, it, it just meshes well together. <laughs> we just have that kind of Gen Z humor that we just kind of like bounce off each other and yeah. it got into where our conversations, we might as well literally be toddlers. Like, we don't, we don't have a language. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like, T-posing at each other being like, it do be like that though. <laughs> just a quote in two man videos. Stop, I'll actually cry on air. Anything with relations just makes me really emotional these days. So Aww. I'm literally, I'm just a big old sap. I just can't help it. Um, anyway, what was I going to say to you? You were talking about dead meat and that is available on all platforms, if I am right. Mm-hmm. And you made that yourself at home. I did. Yes which is unbelievable with the quality of it that it is. Um, because like now you see, this is what I don't understand personally. And what I think other people would ask too, you're independent. I'm with the beard, with the beardy boys, the beard fire. How do you find doing your own music? Because we were talking about this on last, on the last episode about making your own music and having full autonomy on it. And then what I do, giving it to somebody, giving it to somebody else to produce. <laughs> How do you feel about the whole thing? Because what you do is unreal. I wish oh, I had the patience you. for it. 
Um, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's, it's you put hours and hours of work into a song and you have no PR team. You have no mm-hmm. real like people. You don't have a team behind you to back you up. So when you release a song and it gets like 30 views and you're just like, oh, that's a hundred hours of work down the drain. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but then you hear like you know maybe even four or five people that go to you and say i really love this yeah or even just like people your friends saying i i adore this song i think this is one of the best things you've ever done and that's how i truly felt about dead meat yeah and like dead meat wasn't an entire flop might i add um, no Tyler nine posted it on there i find it so strange that you think it, the, these things are flops because like like all your music i find when it comes on in the car I'm like, yeah, turn it up. We're going speeding. Sorry, I'm not speeding. No. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, I just, it's just so mad how people think about their music from an outsider's point of view and then from yourself. Like, I think that's crazy. Go on. Sorry. Um, no, no, it's, it's just. No more self-deprecation. Um, I can't take this one. Okay, it breaks my okay. heart. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, Oh, how do I say? I don't mind a toot my own horn about dead meat. I was really proud of that song. Yeah, I, I still I still sing it to myself sometimes. So it's the only song I've been really like, I'm so proud of this. And um, like it was really fun to make. And one of the things I was really happy with was um, that I named the song Dead Meat because there is a YouTuber called Dead Meat mm-hmm. who does horror movie reviews and kill counts and stuff. And he listened to the song. Love it. And he was like, I love this. This is great. And he was oh, like, it's really so cool good. that you put my name on this. And I was just like, oh, that's awesome. Because I, I watch your videos like nonstop. And I he, love uh, that. It's yeah. such a nice to have a moment of the validation though as well, because obviously mm-hmm. everyone's talking about be confident in your own self and stuff like that but like it is very nice when someone turns around and is like you did great there well done yeah no that's like sometimes when it's like I wrote the song about horror films and all this and mainly because I've been watching so much dead meat just mm-hmm. so see the guy who made that channel go I like this song it's good job yeah and it's just like nice nice that's <laughs> and you did the music video for it as well am I right in saying that yeah, well, it was just a compilation of horror films. Yeah, and then it was class though. Over. Sorry, like for me, I'm in a, I'm I'm old now, Grania. It's happened. I've I've become old. But, okay, um, boomer. <laughs> I, I'm a no. Please, I'll be anything but a boomer. Anything but a boomer <laughs> or a Karen. I just don't want it. I like take it back. I think I don't even know what generation I'm. I'm oh, there's there's boomer, and then what's the generation after? Millennial. I think I'm a millennial. I think. Oh, actually, I think it's Boomer, Gen X, and then Millennial, but I get mixed up between Gen X and Boomer. And you're Gen Z. I think I'm Gen Z, but I'm You're the one that's going to save the world. No, I'm the one that's going to just kind of laugh at everyone and then just say, like, (laughs) it do be like that. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, the worst day of your life. Well, it do be like that. The best day of your life. (laughs) Well, it do be like that. I look at climate change and I'm just like, it brokey. (laughs) It brokey. Someone put a blaster on it quick. Um, And no worky. (laughs) we're so sorry to all the climate action people listening i just one of the things i'm scared of is like you have like students that are like close to my age and they're gonna think i'm some old lady being like oh she thinks she's cool Um, the the memes i post man (laughs) (laughs) the memes give me life anyway sorry we were on about what else like you've done so much and you released so many songs as well and you've all you've done all of them yourself do you ever get to a point though where you're like when you're doing your own song like is there a point you like what's your process do you you make it and do you walk away or do you just stay at it until it's done and then come back it depends with some Mm -hmm. songs it's like 
I start them and then I come back to them like months later and go, Hey, there's something here. Like, yeah. and sometimes it's songs like pretending to pray took like two days. It was like one of the quickest songs I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's very lo-fi. And then with dead meat was around, it was, it was definitely October of last year. And I had just been given like a medical diagnosis, not an official one, but kind of like a, this is what the road were going down. And I was still really sick at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like <clears throat> spending so much time in my room. So I just was like, oh, I'm just going to put something together. I hadn't recorded a song in months and Dead Meat kind of became the result of it. But my process is kind of like, I might throw down a beat and then maybe a bass line and then oh, some that. synths and stuff. Yeah. And <clears throat> sometimes it works. Sorry, I'm clearing my throat and off. <laughs> no, don't be silly. Um, it's part of the ASMR. It's like a running. Oh, t- yes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it for the OGs. <laughs> I hate myself so much. Go on. Sorry. Your process. You're sitting down. You're putting on your beats and your bass lines. Yeah. And then eventually I have a melody and I just write lyrics or just sometimes I just click, click record and mm-hmm. I'll just sing whatever comes to mind oh, until I'm like, oh, this works. This doesn't work. Yeah. And with Dead Meat, it was literally that like the first original melody for Dead Meat was a lot different mm-hmm. and um and it's just so much as simple as like adding in a different semitone or something like that yeah. so like the original for like um you know that me kind of goes like and i don't want to be blonde but it's coming down and then instead it was something like uh instead it was like trying to hide it's the same old story and that was the original oh, one you sing that. live in so long that made me so happy sorry <laughs> I just had such a happy moment there. Sing the rest of the interview, please. Sing your answers. Um, that's unreal, though. But it is only those little things that could change the whole thing. Um, yeah, like same with one in ten or mm-hmm. enslaved. Enslaved was incredibly like. I tried to take on like uh, there's a Twitch streamer called Scene of Action, mm-hmm. and he does he live streams his entire recording process. It'll be like he, an eight hour stream. Yes. And so he literally just like click record and he'd be like, oh, I think this would be a cool line. Let me just see what that sounds like sung. Oh, and he'll just do it over and over again for like eight hours. And I just got to admire that dedication. Jesus. Like, he, like, I just don't know how people, like for people who produce or edit songs or produce the songs or do what you're doing with the tech style or the tech side of it, I should say, as well as writing it. I just don't, I have such a respect because I know myself, I couldn't even try it because it would just be a hot, sweet, hot mess. So I have all the respect in the world for what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. It's unreal. Um, I was going to ask you a question there and it's after slipping my mind. We were ta- you were talking about um, one in 10 there and I'd love to talk about that if you don't mind, if you're happy with that. Yeah. No, I don't mind talking about it. One in 10 was a song for endometriosis Ireland. Yes. Yeah, actually, it wasn't um, it wasn't in eight of them because I told them straight up this song isn't going to make any money, <laughs> and it didn't. Oh. It didn't. It made like and a maximum fun fact, of like musicians make no money. They yeah, make no that, money. That song generated about twenty euro in revenue, and I was like, to right. be honest, it costed a hundred euro to put the song out. <laughs> so yeah. I, 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 I and Kathleen, um, hi Kathleen, by the way, she hi, Kathleen. In the association, and she was just like, I, she was like, we don't want any of your money. <laughs> She didn't mean it like that. But yeah, I know, like, I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, she was, she was like, well, the fact that you're writing a song to raise awareness—that's kind of all we're looking for, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. someone to raise awareness for endo. And, and if you don't I, mind me asking, what is endo uh, for people who don't know? 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. But it's the thing Tati Westbrook has as well, though, yes? Yes, she, yeah, Tati Westbrook has it. Yes. Um, and it's be- I think it's actually probably affected her life way more than it's affected mine, mm-hmm. mainly because she wants children. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone who wants to have children, endometriosis is going to be a massive, if not, you know, impossible to overcome roadblock mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Because you get endometriosis it's like a 50 50 chance you become infertile as a result okay um, now when i was told that upon diagnosis it didn't really bother me because i've never been the type to want kids and i still don't want kids um they i i don't know what's going on with that but <laughs> I, I it's not really something that keeps me up at night um okay the main thing is the pain that endometriosis causes yes. basically I don't know how exactly to describe what it is because there's so many different definitions of what it is, how it's caused, and it could all be a load of gobbledygook for all I know. Um, so, but the main thing to know is that it's like, it's like periods on steroids. <laughs> it's just like yeah. so much more intense. I don't want to get, I don't want to be too explicit with details because I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Well, I think it's important too, though, because I know you and I, you've had, you've tweeted about this a few times and we've, and I've talked to you a little bit about it. And I know from watching Teddy Westbrook before the whole drama, that it's something that's not spoken about a lot at all, really. But it is excruciating pain. Yeah, it's actually the NHS in England have listed as one of the top 10 most painful conditions anyone could get. Jesus. Um, it's it's bad (laughs) i don't know how else to describe it and you got that diagnosis it's like and not that's not patronizing for anyone it would be a young age but like you were very young as well when you got that like you were what 18 19 yeah i just turned 19 and i'll tell you one thing like i was actually happy when my doctor came in and said yeah we found endometriosis because I had been in pain for like five years at this point mm-hmm. and doctors left, right and center. Oh, you're just a teenager. You're just sensitive to the pain. And all this kind of crap was being mm-hmm. fed to me and why it was all in my head. So the first doctor to ever, like, I remember, um, I love this man so much. He's angel, but, yeah. um, I sat down in front of him and I just started crying. Yes. Yeah. I was so like, oh, I can't take this anymore. Like I'm in so much pain and no one's listening to me. Yes. And he was just like, he listened to me and he was just, and usually that doesn't really follow stereotypes. Usually it's the female gynecologist that will listen to you. And the male woman yeah. write you off. This man listened to me from the second I sat down in the chair and he said, okay, well, I'm going to put you down for surgery in three weeks. And we're going to do a bit of a thing, what's called a laparoscopy. And they don't exactly cut you open, but they have a good, decent look. Yeah, I know what you're <laughs> saying. see what's going on. And um, basically simple procedure, I, I, it did take like two or three weeks for me to recover from it though mm-hmm. it was very it, the procedure was painful after yeah. I woke up <laughs> yeah and he just opened curtains and he had a smile on his face and he said you're right like there was something wrong yeah. you have he's diagnosed with stage two endometriosis and he showed me pictures and I was like great <laughs> thanks you for showing me yeah. my diseased uterus but um and he basically so just said like it was a lot to take home, but I was just happy. I was just, thank God. Thank God it wasn't all in my head. But that is the thing with, you do have that moment of, Jesus, I could just be going crazy. Did you ever get that where it was like, I could be making this up in my head by accident without even knowing? Did you start yeah. doubting yourself? Yeah, for maybe not so much with the endometriosis actually, because it was when I 
Wentz, sorry. No, go, it's okay. <laughs> Pete Wentz or something. Um, I started talking to my friend and my friend is actually male, mm-hmm. but I would tell him at lunch at school, I would mm-hmm. say, I'm actually, I'll show him as, hi Saul. <laughs> hi Saul. I go, yeah, I go to Saul and be like, um, I've just got my period and I'm just going to let you know up front, I'm not going to be in a good form for the rest of the day because when endometriosis is not just that your cramps are worse, it's like you get the flu, it's you okay. get dizzy, you get really fatigued, it's just like you have a fever. Mm-hmm. So um, Saul literally, he's definitely like one of the best friends I've ever had, but he would literally be like, do you want to hold my hand? And like, whenever you get a bad pain, you can squeeze my hand. Mm-hmm. And just like, if that helps you out in any way. And um, I've definitely really broken his hand like 10 times. That's such, that's such a nice way to be though. It's such a nice friend to have. Saul, you're, you're the MVP, good man. Yeah, Saul's the MVP. And yeah. I, I don't want to diss any of my other male friends as well, like, cause um, they've all been so supportive. Yes. And especially Joseph as well. Like Joseph has had to put up with the worst of it. Well, um, I, I don't say you have to put up with it. He had the privilege of being there with you when it's happening. <laughs> Not because of privilege because it's happening, but a privilege because he's with you. Now, Joe, take that to the <laughs> bank and smoke it. <laughs> Sorry. That's, it's so, it's so, like, because I knew by, we didn't go into, ever went into detail. This is probably the, the most detail we've ever talked about. But, like, I knew that it was bad. But, like, I just, I'm sorry that you've had to deal with this. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and it's... me saying sorry is not going to help, but, you know what I mean? Well, it's, yeah, it, is, it is what it is. Like, um, so it came to a turning point with me and Joseph, my boyfriend. We went to see Albert Hammond in Castle Bar. Yes, I <laughs> saw this. I'm, I'm a big Albert Hammond fan. <laughs> so I, that night, I hadn't a drop. We didn't have any alcohol. We just, actually, maybe a pint, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went back. We were about to go to sleep. And I just started getting really dizzy. At this point, uh, again, not trying to be too explicit, but... I had a period that had been lasting about a month at this point. Yeah. And um, so I just months straight. And so I, I don't remember much, but Joe said he kind of found me kind of half passed out in the bathroom, vomiting, just like oh God. violently. And he didn't know what to do. So he just like brought me back to bed and just like, he's like, just try and sleep it off. Like, I don't mm-hmm. really, he was, he said, there's not much you can do because he knew I was going to doctors, left, mm-hmm. right, and center. It's not like, and I've been to A&E twice mm-hmm. and they just give me buscapan and just say, just, I don't know, just like meditate or something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's mindfulness was what I was told both times. Ew, disgusting. Not that I'm not dissing meditation, but Jesus Christ, when you're in pain, don't be telling you to meditate. That's yeah. Okay. And that's what led me to go to this particular doctor who put me down for surgery, immediately diagnosed me. And I was just like, yes, King. King, go for it. So yeah. for people who are listening and because um, I know you are an activist, you promote getting checked for these things. Is there any signs of this happening or is it kind of a silent aggressor until it ha- like until you're in the middle of it? Do you know it's there or? The thing I tell people now, this could be entirely wrong. Okay. But, um, what I usually say is a good sign to not just say like I have endometriosis, but like maybe book an ultrasound or something. Okay get it but checked out mm-hmm. is if you have bad period pain that mm-hmm. makes you feel faint or nauseous and as well as that if that pain starts radiating down to your legs okay and you feel like you can't walk once that you start getting those pains in your thighs i've noticed in a lot of endometriosis patients 
that's one of the first signs that I found something's wrong. Sometimes people can have that kind of pain. Yeah. And not be endometriosis related, or it could be something else related. Um, but that's what I usually tell people. Like if you if you get pains going down your legs and it's like mm-hmm. just as intense as your period pain, maybe get that checked out. Definitely. Because and don't be afraid your to get legs is not good okay. either way. Let's yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Um, you're so brave for talking, and that sounds really condescending when I say that, but like, you're so brave for talking about these things because you have never shied away from talking about these things. And I've always f- I've found that um, to be very strong and very, um, how do I put, like, I just, I don't know how to put it. I just don't know how to even put what I'm trying to say into words. For anyone else who is feeling worried about this, where would we research it? Where would you look it up? Um, I know Endometriosis Ireland have a fantastic page. I follow them. They have lots of information in a very easy way. Is there anywhere else? Well, I would just, first of all, I would absolutely say it. Endometriosis Ireland, best place to go. Yes. Because even like, even like, um, geez, my voice cracked there. It's okay. <laughs> even like um, big medical sites that you go on to, they'll say things like, you can't get endometriosis until you turn 30, which is just mm-hmm. utter BS. Mm-hmm. Not true at all. Um, and I'd say even some doctors tend to be a bit uneducated in the topic mm-hmm. because my GP, not dissing her at all, love her to bits, but she was under the impression that endometriosis, if you have endometriosis, you will find it in an ultrasound. And if it's not in the ultrasound, you don't have endometriosis. N- not really remotely true mm-hmm. because... I, I, my ultrasound came out clear. I didn't find the endo until I had the laparoscopy, which is mm-hmm. the only definite, definitive way to diagnose the disease. So that's what makes it so awkward because you can't find out if you have it without surgery, mm-hmm. which is really unpleasant. That tends to be, and, I, and again, I don't, I don't have a lot of education on this, so you please tell me if I'm wrong, but it tends to be the common theme between people I've, interviews I've heard with that, that there seems to be a lack of education when it comes to female health, when it comes to the birth control, when it comes to periods, when it comes to the effects of certain tablets or stuff like that. Like, I just find, like, is that normal? Am I right in saying that there's a very gray area? I will tell you this one thing that I've learned recently that really opened my eyes mm-hmm. on how we can tend to treat men and women differently in the medical realm of things. Again, not blaming any particular group of people Mm -hmm. for this this is just the way it be Mm -hmm. um and so when i was diagnosed um they put me on an injection called decapeptal which induces menopause um and at the time it was actually it was a very helpful treatment it was it you know it didn't really fix anything but it's nice to be in menopause and not have any hormones for like a good few months Um, and you were at 19 at this time were you yeah um, so I was there having hot flashes and having to take HRT at like age 19 and having to explain to someone if I started like randomly sweating or like, are you okay with fever? And I'm like, oh no, it's just a menopause. And they're like, ha funny. And I'm like, I'm not joking. Oh my God. And is that, no- like, is that normal? Like that to be put, is just, that happened to a lot of women that they just don't talk about it or? I think I was a bit of a outlier there because when I, when later when I had to do with other medical problems, um, I would tell my doctors my medical history and they say, What drugs have you been on? And I would say I've been on Dacapeptal and they literally go, You were on what? Yeah. And like wh- and like I wasn't I'm not dissing anyone for putting me on Dacapeptal because it wasn't a bad treatment. It didn't cause me any harm. But the reason I bring it up is because I think in some American state, 
I don't know which one. Not America. <laughs> it's used yeah. as a punishment for men that repeatedly commit sexual assault. Um, and they call it chemical castration. Sorry, what? <laughs> my jaw, like, you can't see this, I, but I, my jaw literally just dropped onto the... <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm not uh, laughing. I, well, I, I don't I, know if, if Decapeptal is the exact drug. I think it's called Lupron there or something. What the um, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. No, I don't know if it has a different effect on men. I know it's actually used to treat testicular cancer or prostate cancer or something like that. Um, yeah. As well as endo. But it's just funny to me that something that is considered like gold standard treatment for women with endometriosis is considered like a really intense inhumane punishment for like a repeat offenders of sexual assault I just found that really bizarre to me I, I understand there's probably some kind of logic behind it but I'm just like bruh bruh oh God. do you know what and I'm so like I know it's probably very, it's probably not comfortable to share these stories sometimes. And I really appreciate you talking about, because it is so important that women are actually talking about um, their health down there as well, because when Mm -hmm. it comes to periods and stuff like that, and if it's, if it's doesn't feel like obviously pain is meant to happen every month, whatever, but when it Mm -hmm. comes to a certain level, you have to get it checked out. Like the first time I ever heard about something like that was with yourself, with Tati Westbrook talking about, and with a podcast as well, talking about like, you the the four week seasons you have in a month you know what I mean like I yeah. just I'm I'm in total awe of your strength Bronya and so I've been, I'm yeah, not even saying that and I'm not saying that in a condescending way I'm trying to say it is I know it's coming off in the wrong way but I'm I am genuine like Jesus Christ you've been so true so much thank you so much you well, go by the way I should say I'm not like a medical professional anything I say yeah do fact check it yourself yeah you are only talking about your experience yeah i'm only talking my own experience and what other facts i say they could absolutely be utter crap i don't i don't know uh, for certain um kathleen will probably pull me up on some things after yeah but like like, we're we're obviously not we're not doctors we're we are musicians um we're meme lovers but um yeah i just it's just so important that people are talking about this so though because it's just it does happen to a lot of people, as your song says, one in 10 females have one it, in 10, yeah. which is yeah. a song as well available on all the platforms that you want. Grania made it herself from top to bottom. The whole well, t- Actually, not entirely the entire thing. Um, I had it mastered by Billie Eilish's mastering engineer, John Greenham. Oh, just Billie Eilish, no big deal. That's grand. Just, he's <laughs> actually dead sound. Like, I just reached out to him because I was like, this song gives me Billie Eilish vibes. I wonder how I could take it to that next level. And I was like, who masters Billie Eilish? And then legend. I've looked up John Green and I was like, yo, do you want to master my song? And he was just like, <laughs> yeah, sure, that. why not? And he was he just mastered it. For I me love and- that. I still keep in touch with him even after he's won like four feckin' Grammys and he's just like, ah, yeah, it's good. Like I bought new shoes for it. And it was, <laughs> what'd you do for it's the like Grammys? A... I bought new shoes. It was fine. Do you uh, find that sound? That's so cool. And do you find that your creative process, um, this has helped or hindered, or do you even think about it? Are the two even in the same room right now? To be honest, not really. Now with endo itself, it's just been like, it's something I'll probably end up talking about later on is it's, it's almost been kind of put on the back burner because unfortunately within the same year, I developed another health condition that is like 10 times as serious. Yeah. And it was just, it had just happened to go that way. Um, so it's just been a lot of putting everything on hold, like everything, work, life, 
like the pandemic was, you know, whatever, but I, I already knew my life was going to be put on entirely on hold because of, uh, because like a few months after being diagnosed, endometriosis started developing new symptoms and they didn't feel like endometriosis symptoms and went to the gynecologist, went to every doctor and they were just like, this is, this is weird. Like endo is bad, but it doesn't cause, I'm definitely not going to go into too much detail about these symptoms because it's yeah. just coming. Um, <laughs> and, um, he was just, this is just not normal. And eventually they found out it was Crohn's disease. And it was like, what? <laughs> it's just like, excuse me. Yeah. Give, um, yourself a br- give me a break. Like, like literally I was just like, you, you've got to be joking. Yeah. When the doctor said it, I was like, this, this, this isn't real. And then he was like, we're going to have to run more tests, but this is looking like it. And just the same week as lockdown, I got a phone call being like, hey, we ran some tests and yeah, it's Crohn's season. It's worse than we thought. And I was like, bruh, (laughs) like, excuse me. Um, What a reaction to the doctor on the phone. (laughs) Bruh, excuse me. Uh, Sorry, that's not funny. I'm trying to- No, it's hilarious. No, please No, it's not at all because like, that's so intense. What do you do to relieve tension? Do you just scream in a fear? I laugh. Pardon? I just laugh. I just laugh, make jokes. Love that. Uh, I, I, if I can't laugh at it, if you don't laugh, you cry. So that's so very true. And you live out in the lovely county of Mayo that I've gotten to know so well. Mayo for Sam, hope the lads. Um, yes, yes. I think if you just say Mayo for Sam at the end of things, yeah. you just say for, <laughs> just keep saying Mayo for Sam. Anyway, um, but do you find being out in Mayo, and this is a question I wanted to ask you because it's definitely one that has been rolling around my head for the last ages. Do you find that you're missing out, obviously not now in pandemic times, but do you feel mm. like you're missing out not living in Dublin? Oh, I, oh, I in terms say. of musicianship. In musicianship? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. See, now <laughs> I can't really talk because I am from Lamford, like Mayo at least has some level of standard. Sorry, well, <laughs> Lamford people. Sorry, sorry. But you know what I mean? It always seems like the crack is happening over in Dublin and the opportunity yeah. there in Dublin. Yeah, it's, see, it's weird for me because I've kind of abandoned the whole, like, I want to be a musician thing. Okay. I do it as, like, a hobby. Um, so I just kind of been, like, maybe if I was living in Dublin or something, I'd be way more into it. And I loved the music scene in Mayo. Mm-hmm. Like, Mayo is just surrounded by, like, some of the best musicians I've ever mm. met. It's a nice place. Um, I I could I I'd, I'd name them but I'd be here all day. Yeah, I understand. Um, so I just feel very privileged that I grew up around that kind of thing because mm-hmm. um, it definitely fueled the drive to do music. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of became dull once all those people that I'd grown up doing music with moved to Dublin to yes. really pursue it, and then I've just been kind of like, oh, I guess I'll be an SNA. <laughs> And that's what you're doing now. You're going, yeah. you, you finish course, the whole thing's done. You're in ready to go. Yeah, no, sorry. I was saying it like it was a bad thing. I actually love my job. Well, sorry, can I yeah. just say SNAs are the, as a teacher, I can say it without any shadow of a doubt. They, SNAs are the heroes of the school. I don't care what anyone says. And I'm not saying that just because I'm talking to one now. I'm saying it genuinely. You're the heroes of the school. Well, it's, it's just great. Like I haven't been able to do much work because of the Crohn's disease and of course. being immunocompromised, it's not really ideal i did i do tiny bits here and primary there school or secondary school primary school so it's 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 so it's so rewarding yes um, it is like genuinely the most rewarding thing i've ever done i don't want to see music in any way 
-hmm. but it's kind of like when I started working as an SNA, it was like, this is the rewarding feeling that I've been chasing for like mm -hmm. six years being a musician. Yeah. And I've gotten it after working as an SNA for like a week. It, it just is like, it's kind of like, um, like, obviously I'm not going to go into too much detail, but oh, yeah. it's just when you are like, if you're like the reason a child smiles, if you're the reason a mm -hmm. child laughs mm -hmm. or the reason they stop crying, it's just so, so rewarding. Cause you're like, I made someone's day better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that kind of whole, like, you're helping a child learn, you're helping a child mm -hmm. advance and develop and just being a part of that early intervention, especially when it comes to things like autism. Yes. And autism is something that's so heavily stigmatized. Definitely. People just want to use it as an insult, use it as a crutch to just base all of their humor off of. And it's kind of sickening, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um and it's just, it does hurt, break my heart when, oh, the, when I started working and let's say you would, um, <clears throat> you would, if you brought the kids out, out of school um, for whatever thing, like social outing, mm -hmm. and then like, you'd be talking to other parents or staff workers in other buildings pre-lockdown. Um, it would be like, I remember a staff worker in some place went up to me while I was working and just went, God, you feel sorry for them, don't you? Mm -hmm. and I was just like I'm sorry what yeah and I was just like th this caught me off guard and I was like I said well no they're fantastic children they're yeah. brilliant they're so like they're way more intelligent than people like to label autism as being um and it just they it, just ignorance it just shows pure ignorance people just see like a child with a stammer or something and mm -hmm. just go wow they must be this they they must be that and it's just like I don't know I just I a lot of my experiences working as SNAs that kids with autism are the most bright, they're the most creative. And I'm not saying that other kids can't be No, but I know what you're saying though, and it's, it's absolutely fine to say that. Especially in SNA, you're so much more than what your, what your job description actually says. Like you, you're pretty much a second mammy, you're a, you're a big sister, you're an, an administrator of medicine. You are like, you know what I mean? The SNAs do so much. And if you have an SNA in your school, go up and tell them, that they're brilliant just do it I don't even care just go and tell the SNAs in your school that you they are brilliant I love them sorry yeah I have never met an SNA that wasn't like a, an angel not saying that I am in any capacity but no, all but the definitely. ones I've worked with they're just so lovely yeah so patient like and especially when I started doing the job like it's it's nice for you as well especially when I was going in with two chronic diseases that I felt like we're going to really make people think differently of me but when um, I was working with a particular teacher who is like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yes. Um, and I kind of told her off the block. I was like, um, look, I'm, I'm new and um, I, I have Crohn's disease and it's new. It's a new thing for me. I'm still getting used to it. And there might be days where I might be sitting down more or you might see me need to run to the bathroom out of nowhere it probably won't happen where you will notice it, but I think it's good practice to let you know off the mm -hmm. record that I, I'm sick. Yeah. And she was just so nice to me. And she would go to me during the day and say, if you need to take a few minutes to sit down, you know, like absolutely take those few minutes. She'd be like, you, if you want to go take an early break, you can. And then at Christmas, she got me this, one of those heat up warmy teddies. Oh, I love and I was, I know I love them so much. Like, I didn't realize how much I wanted one until she gave me it. Yeah. 
And like, it's the nicest thing I ever got. Like I still keep it. And when I was admitted to hospital in July, I brought it with me. Oh. And uh, the nurses, as I should, like we should go on to nurses in a bit because nurses are bloody amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It just made me feel so welcome because I felt like if I was working in another environment and I said I had Crohn's disease, they would just say, well, then you're expendable. You're replaceable. Yeah. I'm delighted for you that like even you have the two now you have music and this SNA as well like I don't know what obviously everyone's at a standstill now with the with quarantine and COVID and whatnot but when when it goes back are you going to go back again do you think or do you think you'll pause or no I'm gonna see if when I kind of have my health back in order I'm like and there's like less stress about the coronavirus I'll Mm -hmm. probably look for a full-time job in special needs assistance and from there and then maybe when I turn 23 you know when you become a mature student yeah. I think I'm doing something like speech and language therapy <gasps> yes therapy, something oh like God. that yes 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 that would be unbelievable I, I really want to go back and do music therapy as well we go back together <laughs> oh my gosh I was nearly <laughs> did music therapy hang on stop we never talked about the graphic design hang on there now because <laughs> I have gotten so many compliments from all the pictures. If you follow me on the music page or on the scattered page, you will see a fabulous drawing, a fabulous graphic design and logo. And that has been done by this beautiful woman in front of me. The name I've been butchering at the end of every episode. How do you pronounce it again, Gronya? Uh, grainy graphics. Grainy <laughs> graphics, ladies and gentlemen. And you will remember the name forever. Now, tell me about that. You're open for commissions or are you closed again for commissions or... Um, I'm saying open right now. So mm-hmm. there's, there's free space, free spaces. <laughs> but you were doing loads. You've done one for Neve Dunphy and Gigability as well. And yeah. that is unbelievable. Guys, go follow Gigability and look at that picture yeah. because it is unreal. Like you did moving, moving ones for me. I'm doing a dance in case you don't, you can't see it. Um, <laughs> and I just, I talked to us about how did you fall into that? Or how did you land gracefully, I should say, into that? Um... I genuinely don't know. Um, I guess it kind of started when um, I was messing with the, the, the Adobe Draw app. And, you know, way people say you could do like little trace arts of photos and stuff. Yes. So, so you're just doing like these little uh, trace arts. And um, a lot of people were like, oh, could you do one for me? And I was like, yeah, you do know these are traced, by the way. I'm not claiming any kind of um, over them. At the time, I was, I was tracing them. And they were like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's just like, it's a cool edit. Like you're still putting time into them. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'd usually just do a little bit of that and then I throw it into a graphic design kind of program and I just mess with the colors, do add a few little visual things to it. And then a lot of people really love them. And then I, I love kind them. of veered off it again. And then um, I went into the hospital for a few weeks and I was just like miserable the entire time. I had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And I came out of it after watching like loads of videos by this. I watched a lot of YouTube and there is one yeah. YouTuber I watched called uh, Draw with Jazza. Yes. And he was raving about this Huey oh, on tablet. My brother watches him. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I know yeah. I know this person. Yes, go on. Yes. <laughs> so I watched him all the time and he was raving about this art tablet called the, the Huey on tablet. Yes. And I was like, no, I'll pick it up. I might as well. Like a, a, little, a little reward for me for going through it. <laughs> and some, you need a lot more than I, just a little reward now. You need a massive, <laughs> you need a parade. We need a Gronje family parade. <laughs> oh, Joe, message me and we will organize a parade. That's what we're going to do. That's that's the plan. Sorry, continue with your story. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. 
yeah. <laughs> basically i just used it like got like a free program and i just started like doing actual irish and um you were giving me a lot of work to do so I was like oh this is great because it's a lot yeah. of work for me <laughs> like so, like a i don't know what or something like oh yeah will you do this picture please <laughs> it was great because it gave me so much know. things to do well look you can do whatever you want i just hope that uh, my thing with you is you're underselling yourself lady so if you get us a, a picture oh. off a of grania ladies and gentlemen i swear to god if you don't tip her i'm coming for you nice to see that something negative brought something positive which is a really shitty way of putting it and really cheesy, but um, I'm so glad that you're doing it as well because you're so talented at it. Oh, thank you. But anyway, is there anywhere else, where else can we find you, Gráinne, if there, people want to stalk you? Oh, on Fridays, you'll find me in the alleyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go on, we're on social medias now, come on. Um, I might not confirming or denying this, I might be starting Twitch streams again. Yes! Go back to, the, I haven't, yeah how twitch works but i oh I, you don't want to know <laughs> i support you in your twitching um yeah i've been on and off thinking about doing it again Do. considering i have the new pc so i'm not being like not like my streams aren't going to crash after i open google chrome um so i'm twitch is just grainy music um excellent that so well, actually i might change it that 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 account's actually not functioning right now, so don't, don't even bother looking up. Check my Twitter for Twitch updates. Twitter, Twitter is the place. Twitter and Insta, Instagrammy, but um, they, they're all the places you can find each other. I would recommend you going and following Grania on Twitter because she comes out with either the funniest tweets or the best facts of life. I just look at it sometimes, I'm like, Jesus, that's right. Your thing about Taylor, or not the Taylor Swift one, the Kim Kardashian, I've spent two weeks in... Oh yeah. That was very funny. Uh, I love people's take on that now. People are so silly. Oh but Grania, thank you so much for your time and thank you for thank sharing. You. Thank you for sharing all your personal details. I appreciate it. And if you feel, if you are someone who feels that you need a bit more information on endometriosis or Crohn's or anything like that, you can go on to endometriosis Ireland and then also the HSE have good are they good at they're, they're grand yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have an issue. if you're looking for stuff on Crohn's disease I actually would recommend Crohn's and Colitis UK website perfect um that's what my nurse actually recommended okay shout out to him um <laughs> well done nurse honestly like if anyone's free to message me on anything to be like I I've had like 20 people message me being like I think I have this or I think I have that um, lot That's of so good of you to do that, that, though, because a lot of people yes. who have that, they just don't want to talk about it. They don't want to go into it. So like the fact that you are helping educate people. And again, we would like to reiterate, we are not medical professionals. Grania is no. only speaking from her experience. And I haven't a clue because I just am clueless to the world of medicine. Um, but if you do need, if you do feel that something is wrong, get help for it. Don't leave it unchecked. Uh, yeah, the worst thing you can do is leave mm -hmm. something, especially when it comes to things like Crohn's disease. Okay. Um, I like left like I left at one particular symptom like ignored until one day I finally called my nurse and said like hey this is this is what um this is something going on and he was like go to A and E what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah don't be a martyr don't be strong about it if it if it's, don't be a me <laughs> well you are an absolute lady a brave you're brave you're strong you are so supportive on everything. Uh, make me cry sometimes and i just wish you make me cry Shut oh my god stop it we're going to like look at us look at us Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> but no, you're such a brave person. And we've got, like, I think even though we don't see, like, I think the last time we saw each other was out on Ackle Island 
but properly That's in person. 2016. Oh my goodness! I know, but we've we're like blood sisters now, coming through um, the circles Everything. that we come through. Circles, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm just gonna keep going. Wear some diamonds, some uh, obtuse angles. <laughs> Okay. Um, yes. Well, to be honest, uh, if and from the facts, the takeaways from this is follow Grania on things, follow her uh, graphics pages um, on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you see a musician, whether it be male or female, struggling at a gig, please help them out. Please get yeah. help for them if they are being followed in certain places or being um if someone's coming up to them in an aggressive manner. And also, if you're feeling sick, get help do not suffer in silence yeah no that's yeah don't 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 be brokey don't be brokey i was just about to ask what's your parting words for this don't be brokey that is going on the the stage notes as um the quote of the episode thank you very much Grania, for your time i appreciate it thanks have it ladies and gentlemen the conversation with Grania Fahey if there is anything on this podcast that you want more information about you can go to any of the links that we have mentioned if you want to follow Grania Fahey on her journeys in this world you can follow her on Grainy Music on all platforms and you will you can also follow her graphics page on Grainy Graphics on Twitter and Instagram and her soon-to-be Twitch profile when that comes up as well. Grania is an amazing person thank you so much for your time Grania I really appreciate you and all your time. Just want to say a few thank yous before we finish. Thank you to Beardfire Music for producing the theme song for this show uh, my own song called Do It Right and it's available on Spotify, iTunes and all those lovely uh, streaming and downloading platforms. Thank you very much to everyone who has been listening. Thank you to everyone who has answered all my numerous questions that have been up on Instagram. Please make sure to follow the pod on uh, Scattered The Pod on all social medias and if you want to get in touch with the show and give me a topic to talk about, it's scatteredthepod at gmail.com. But for now my friends that is it. We are done. Have a great evening. See you soon and I will see you when I see you. Only you.